You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Dawson. With me, uh, as often he is, our co-host here at uh, Red Leg Nation Radio, one of our, my fellow editors at RedLegNation.com, Bill Lack. How are you doing today, Bill? A little under the weather today. I got I got a bad dose of bad Bronson. <laughs> oh man, I think that that's uh, there can be a lot of people suffering from that all, all across the uh, the nation today. Uh, fortunately, it's not a school day, so there won't be kids staying home. That's but right. uh, we got. We got a pretty bad dose of it last night, didn't we? Yeah, you had you, Dusty would have had been write a lot, a lot of notes to kids going to go to school today. You know, All right? Wonder if that's a good excuse to get out of work. Um, well, let's talk about this Cincinnati Reds team, uh, if we must, I guess, because there are some, several very frustrating things that we're going to have to discuss. But uh, let's start with sort of the current state of the team. You know, the Reds lost uh, two of three to the Brewers last week. And uh, that was not good. The second time in two weekends that they'd lost a series to the to the last place Brewers. To the last place Brewers. But still, you know, we're trying to be uh, optimistic uh, sometimes. And, and the Reds go into this series with the Cardinals the next uh, the next night. And and the preview that our buddy Steve Mancuso had on uh, at RedLegNation.com was titled "The Fight for the Division Championship Starts Tonight." Uh, and uh, the Reds jumped out to a 4 nothing lead in the first inning against the St. Louis Cardinals, and then the wheels fell off. Um, what do you make of the uh, performance against the Cardinals in this series, and, uh, and what does it mean for the Reds' chances of winning this division, or do they have any chances left? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're only three and a half out. I mean, and I think we all tend to micro- Focus on on each individual game instead of the big picture. Um, the, the losing the two series to the Brewers bothers me a lot because um, it just shows you know that they're not focused to me. But the Brewers to the Reds seem to be what the card the Cubs are to the Cardinals. They just give us fits. Um, the series in in St. Louis though, how this team can go into that series and play as badly as they did. Uh, you got your Best player, maybe one of the best players, well, no doubt one of the best players in baseball, forgets how many damn outs there are in an inning. I mean, I love Joey Votto like a brother, but there's just absolutely no excuse for that in the world. Uh, the, the the base running mistakes, the constant seemingly mental mistakes, and, 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 I, and, and I got into a, I went into an email tirade with, or exchange with Lance McAllister about the, the, the base running play at third base. While I do fault Cozart for the for the out at third base, I, I blame uh, Mark Barry even more. To me, you get a two out base hit. I don't care if you're going to the top of the order or not. A ground ball through the middle with Jay Bruce running from second base, you send him to the plate and you make him make a play to, to, to get that third out. I don't care whether you got Chew coming up next or not. I think the Reds' third base coaching this year has cost them innumerable runs. I don't know how many, but it's you know, just looking back at memory, it seems like a lot. But just the lack of focus in that series, and, and, and it was just incredible to me. Now, I will say this. The, the big win in the final game was a huge win for this ball club because it was a difference between losing one game and losing three games in the standings. 
So, but then they go in last night into 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 Denver and they look terrible again. I mean, the, Lance McAllister said has said it on his blog numerous times that this team is the perfect team for talk radio because they'll look like world beaters one day and they'll look like they couldn't beat little sisters of the poor the next. Well, you're right, and I think that's a perfect description. The the, 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 the they're the perfect team for talk radio uh, because you're right. They they went ten to nothing against the Cardinals. Look awful the next night. One night they look like a team that's capable of winning the World Series. The next night they'll make uh, two errors and two base running mistakes, and uh, it's uh, it, it's the most strangely frustrating team that I've ever seen. But now, now something you said is true. We're all sometimes just these, one thing. Just one thing I said was true. Just one. Yeah, the rest <laughs> of it is debatable. Uh, <laughs> but one thing specifically. Which is that, and I'm, I'm as guilty of this as anyone else, after one of these terrible performances, uh, and after losing to the Brewers, and after uh, looking really terrible against the Cardinals, we think, oh gosh, this team doesn't have a chance. But you know, uh, Baseball Prospectus has this uh, playoff odds report that they do, you know, and, and they still have the Reds with having a 12, uh, 12.5% chance of winning the division. And frankly, the Reds are, are almost definitely going to make the playoffs. How does a team uh, that's so frustrating, uh, how's it so easy to, I guess, lose the fact that they are 15 games over 500, and that's something that we've rarely seen over the last uh, 20 years? Uh, what's the explanation? I, I think I think it's expectations. Uh, I, I think that we every, everybody, us, you, me, from, from the lowliest of Reds fans like myself to uh, Bob Castellini, put so much emphasis on this team winning this year and, and winning big. And by winning big, I mean a deep run into the playoffs. And, and, and I don't think anybody at this point in the season before the season would have said that the Reds would be in third place. Uh, I think that's what makes everybody so aggravated and disappointed and disjointed and, and grumpy. And, uh, you know, we're turning Reds fans into curmudgeons like me. Oh, goodness. Let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Oh, man, it would be uh, epidemic. <laughs> uh, well, you you got things. I agree. Expectations are absolutely. We all had very high expectations for this team. Um, after uh, after last year, actually, I had extremely high expectations for last year's team. They broke my heart, and I've tried to not have as high expectations this year. I think I probably failed on that, which is why they're, they're hurting me so much. But you also got a combination of this team that does not play smart. They make base running mistake after base running mistake. They make errors. Uh, you mentioned Joey Votto's mental error the other night. That's something we've seen all year long. Um, and right, I, I'm one of the uh, first defenders of Joey Votto in almost any scenario. But that's just something that can't happen. Uh, forget how many outs are. It didn't cost the Reds a run, as it turned out at that time. But it could have, and there's just no excuse for it. You got that combined with all the off-the-field stuff that... Uh, is constantly uh, churning around uh, the uh, broadcaster up in the uh, up in the booth, getting into sort of minor fights uh, with Joey Votto and with Homer Bailey, and uh, of course always hypercritical of Jay Bruce. You've got the issue with Brandon Phillips and uh, one of the beat writers this week that we'll maybe touch on in a moment. Uh, when you combine the on the field stuff with all this, and, and of course Dusty's uh, constant. Uh, crazy uh, on-field decisions, add that to the list as well. When you add all that into the same mix, this must be the perfect team for talk radio. There's something different to talk about that gets people uh, 
riled up every single day. Um, now, let me uh, just sort of shift gears a little bit and talk about one of these things that's been frustrating everyone since the day Dusty Baker walked into the uh, walked into the clubhouse at Great American Ballpark. His lineups, and I have pretty much given up complaining about his lineups. They are they are they're awful. Um, he. I just it, you're tilting at windmills when you decide to uh, complain about it because he's not going to change. Well, this week for one day, he did change. Um, now he put Brandon Phillips in the second spot, which is not exactly ideal. But he got Jay Bruce in, 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 at the cleanup spot, and significantly put Votto and Bruce back to back in the lineup, which is something that we have not seen him do. He's always been hesitant to put left-handers back-to-back. If I remember right, that's the second time he's done that this year. Is that right? I think he did it one other time earlier in the season, but I'm operating off of memory and not off off of any any hard data. Right. Well, he he did it, and, of course, the Reds, they responded a little bit. Uh, They scored 10 runs that day, and then, of course, that lasted one day. Um, any, Any additional thoughts on... His construction of a lineup, and then of course uh, his refusal to put someone with any kind of an on-base percentage in the two-hole. No, I mean, it, like you said, it is what it is. I, moving, put at this point, and I, I know he had a home run last night, but Ludwig also drives me absolutely crazy. I, I to me, he's a six hitter. Uh, until he quits swinging at the first freaking pitch. So often, and he hit into another double play last night on a first pitch swing, and I and I think he hit into two double plays last night, if I remember right. And, and I, I I realize, I, but since he's come back from this injury, his selectivity at the place plate has been non-existent. I don't know how many first pitch swing, swings you know swings you know outs he's made, but it just seems like a, a boodle to me. Uh, but you know, like you said. You know, Dusty's lineups are what Dusty's lineups are, and, and we can complain about it. The only person that seems to be able to get him to change his lineups is Brandon Phillips. <laughs> well, yes, and of course, uh, Brand- well, let's not get into Brandon Phillips just yet, except to say that earlier in the day before this lineup change, and I want to talk about what this means about the Reds organization's uh, appreciation or lack thereof for on-base percentage, but before before we jump into that, I had been listening to the Baseball Tonight, ESPN Baseball Tonight podcast, uh, Buster Olney's podcast, and, and Tim Kirkjian was on, and he'd been at the uh, Reds-Cardinals game the night before, and he reported that Dusty Baker was waiting to move Brandon Phillips out of the number four spot, waiting for him to get his 100th RBI before he, could, before he would move him out of the number four spot. Now, I had, uh, you know, I was listening to that as I was driving... Uh, to work, and I was uh, looking forward to getting a chance to get on the uh, on computer and start ranting about that a little bit because this is an ESPN reporter actually reporting that uh, the Reds manager was only batting the guy number four because he wanted him to get his hundredth RBI, then he would move him, which seemed to me like an acknowledgement that he has no business being in the number four spot. The Reds would be better served having him elsewhere, but let's get him this personal accomplishment first. Yeah, yeah. let's not worry about trying to win the division or, or go deep into the playoffs. Exactly. Now, by the time I had a chance uh, to get to a computer and uh, start writing, 
they announced that, that very day that BP had been moved out of the number four spot. So, and up to number two, which is not ideal either. He's a six hitter too, Phillips, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I didn't get a chance to to do that, but my goodness, it blew my mind just to hear that. Um, and and I, you don't really have to comment about that, but let me ask you about on base percentage. Why does he Dusty Baker refuse to? understand it's a willful ignorance at this point that you need people on base in front of Joey Votto, Jay Bruce. Um, and, and does anyone in the city of Cincinnati uh, or anyone that walks into that dugout anyway, have any appreciation for what on-base percentage means other than Joey Votto and Shin Suchu? I don't think this is a Dusty Baker problem. I think this is an organizational problem with the Cincinnati Reds. If you eliminate Chu and Votto off the off the Reds lineup, the organ the on base percentage would be pathetic. If you look in their minor league organization, there is very there there seems to be I won't say there isn't because I don't know, but there seems to be very little emphasis on getting on base. Uh, I think it's an organizational problem even more so than than a, a Dusty Baker problem, even though he exacerbates it because he he, he, he you know he's the most visible proponent of of being aggressive at the plate. Well, it's, uh, just look, look, look down the Reds' numbers um, on the season in terms of on-base percentage. You got Votto at 434. You got Chu at 410. And then next, Jay Bruce at 326. Uh, Frazier at 317. And Phillips at 313. Now, of course, Frazier was in the, the two-hole. And when he got dropped out of the two-hole for in favor of Brandon Phillips, um, Trent Rosecrans, one of the uh, beat writers for the uh, in- Cincinnati Inquirer, noted that, that they had moved uh, Frazier out of the two-hole for someone with a lower on-base percentage. And that's all he said. And that's all he said. There was, you know, it wasn't an attack on anybody. And did you see the video of what uh, Brandon Phillips did that day? I didn't see the video, but I read the transcript. Um before we get to that, I, I, if you want to think about something frightening, think about the on-base percentage of this team next year when Chu's gone. When Chu's gone, and if, as uh, we're all, uh, everyone seems to be expecting, Billy Hamilton, who we'll talk about more later, if they stick Billy Hamilton in center field and let him lead off, uh, you know, Billy Hamilton has a 308 on-base percentage in AAA this year. Um, of course, he's had better on-base percentages than that in the past. And he had a better second half. I mean, he was recovering from a bad first half. But nevertheless, but, one but of the, still, yeah, one of the two guys that seems to understand on-base percentage is going to be gone. So the situation isn't going to get any better. But anyway, go ahead with the, uh, the, the Brandon. Well, we don't really need to get into it uh, too much other than, to, other than to say that his behavior was uh, boorish at best. And if... Uh, is is that sort of a – and what he said basically was he's, he's, this guy, he called him uh, some names. Uh, he's so so worried about my on-base percentage, basically, was what he said. Why isn't Brandon Phillips more concerned about his on-base percentage? Why, why aren't these uh, – and, and Todd Frazier was on MLB Network Radio yesterday saying basically he put, uh, he put Phillips up to it. He said that uh, those guys, those, those writers are always against us. They, sh- they should be with us. Uh, why aren't they concerned about getting on base? Why don't they follow Joey Votto's lead for crying out loud? 
I, I don't know, you know, maybe that's what they're trying to make as their rallying cry. It's us against the world. And, and, and if it works for them, that's fine, and you can do that. But that's no excuse for, for Phillips' behavior the other day. And, and a guy that I, was wor- that I work with said to me, he said, can you imagine if you were talking to somebody in your office and I came in and went on a tirade like that? I said, you wouldn't have done it for long. And, and to me, if anything, the, the bigger story of this that's gotten by the media is that Dusty Baker sat there like a goof with a stupid grin plastered on his face. And basically, it looked to me like he froze. He didn't know what to do. And you can't, are the inmates running the asylum? I mean, what is going on here? Uh, it, it, it makes me wonder about how much control Baker has in that clubhouse. And I wonder whether that's something that the ownership either notices or cares about. Well, it, it, it bothers me that uh, no one uh, with the Reds, including Dusty Baker, will come out and defend Joey Votto. Uh, Joey Votto's had to defend himself in the media. Um he said there's been an article in uh, Sports Illustrated. There's one on Fangraphs. There's been one, uh, I think, in Sports Illustrated or Sporting News. Um, there have been several articles where Joey Votto, there have been quotes by Votto where he's basically had to defend himself against uh, Marty Brenneman and against uh, Paul Doherty. Um, and they're basically saying that he's paid to drive and runs not to walk. And he's had to explain his approach and why he hits like he hits, and why he if, he, if he can't handle a pitch that's outside of the zone, it makes no sense for him to swing at it. Um, why isn't Dusty Baker or someone with the Reds doing the defending of Joey Votto, doing, defending their best player? It, it's, maybe it is because what, uh, what you suggest is sort of an organization-wide um, lack of uh, understanding about Votto's approach and how that's the best and most productive way to approach an at-bat in the major leagues. Uh, Your uh, your conspiracy theory, so to speak, seems to fall on. Why is no one defending Joey Votto except for, you know, idiots on the blogs? Well, you know, I I, I never thought of it that way. And that's a really, really interesting point that the ball club is not coming to his defense, especially when you consider uh, in terms of investment. He is the biggest investment that this team has. Why would you allow your your biggest investment to be degraded without any response from the team? You know, all you're doing is 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 letting somebody cut down on your investment. I mean, they've got how many? Two hundred and twenty million dollars? Is that what it is invested in Joey Votto? And 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 they're allowing you know Marty Brenneman and whoever else. And if the and if it was justified. Then you, I can understand it, but you know, even if you believe the Brenneman argument, and and I don't think thinking baseball fans can, but I, that's not the point. Even if you agree with that, it's still a point that can be argued, and nobody seems to be arguing it from the red side other than Joey Votto. I, I think you're making a great point. Well, the only uh, sort of on-field presence who even comments about it has been Dusty Baker, who sits with Marty Brennan on the pregame show and uh, says, yeah, I'm from the old school. You know, they, talk, they, they had a conversation about how uh, he needs to be driving in runs and not walking so much. And, of course, we, have, we could compile a book full of quotations from Dusty Baker over the years about how uh, he likes guys to get up there and swing and, um, you know, people take walks, just clog up the bases, all that. Um, I just can't figure out why Dusty Baker 
would sit there and uh, agree with Marty and not only agree with him, but make the same case that Joey Votto is walking too much. This is your best player. Um, it, it, it's just, it blows my mind that there's not... Uh, it, to have such a reputation as a player's manager, um, he sat there and let Brandon Phillips do whatever Brandon Phillips wanted to do, um, but he refuses to... Uh, get uh, Joey Votto's back, so to speak. And, well, and, and you know, the, the other thing is, I think this is also another example, and we've talked about it in the past, where when teams are failing, and I'm not saying this team is failing, they're 15 games over 500, but in the eyes of, 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 of many people, they're not meeting expectations. I think the, the, amph- the, 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 the knee-jerk reaction is to blame the best player for not doing enough. That's certainly what happens in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, we can talk. We can go back to Adam Dunn. I mean, the guy was hitting forty home runs a year, and you never heard about that. All you heard about were the two, you know, the two hundred strikeouts. Um, you know, he got on base at what a four hundred pace. I don't remember exactly what his on base percentage was, but it was a high on base percentage. Hit the ball out of the ballpark on a regular basis, and all you really heard about were the strikeouts. Uh, you didn't hear about the, you know, the, the the terrible players that he was surrounded with, or the or the god awful pitching that those teams had. All you heard was about the failures of, of, of Adam Dunn, and you're and you're and you're seeing the same things here. You know, you're not hearing about the struggles of Zach Cozart. You know, why has he been terrible? Or Ryan Hannigan's horrible year. Uh, all you're hearing about is Joey Votto's not driving enough runs. You know, I said on one of the comment sections yesterday that you know when people, even on our blog, people are talking about the struggles of Todd Frazier this year. But if you look at the numbers. Brandon Phillips' numbers, other than that illustrious RBI number, aren't very much better. I mean, he's four points higher in OPS plus. He's uh, sixteen points higher in OPS. You know, he's just—he's not having much of a better year offensively than, than Frazier is. But he's driven in a lot more runs because he's hit because he's had Votto and Chu hitting right in front of him. I, we, we, you know, like you said, we—you've said this in the past and used to say it about Dunn. The, the fans and, and the media here tend to blame the good players before they blame the, blame the bad players. Yeah, back in, back in the day when they had Jimmy Haynes and uh, Jimmy Anderson and Eric Milton starting, it was all Adam Dunn and King Griffey Jr.'s fault. It, that approach to, uh, or that what line of thinking just has always confused me. But, uh, you touched on something I wanted to mention, that yes, Joey Votto's getting uh, all the criticism as far as I can tell. Why isn't Brandon Phillips, why does he seem to be immune from criticism, he's had a well below average year offensively. Um, he's had a you know a decent year defensively, but not necessarily up to his standards. Um, at age thirty-two, he's in a uh, what appears to be the decline that we all feared would happen. But because he gets to hit behind the top two on base percentages in the entire National League, he's put up this ninety-seven RBI number at this point. And uh, is is that the reason he's immune from criticism, or is there something else there? I think it's also, you know, he's the smiling guy. He's the guy that always looks like he's having fun out there. He's the guy that tweets about everything he does. I mean, I don't think he goes to the bathroom without tweeting about it. And and, and that's fine and all well and good, and it's fan-friendly and all that stuff, but it's also a way to shine the light on yourself. And I don't... I don't need that in my athletes. You know, I'm I'm an old guy. I'm 55 years old, and I grew up on the Big Red Machine. And and if there had been Twitter around then, I don't think... You know the Reds would have. I don't think Johnny Bench would have been tweeting that he's going to be. You know he's going to Walmart to to buy some groceries. <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to know that though. I'd like to know what Joey Bob is going to Walmart. 
Did I Maybe say not. Joey Votto? I meant Johnny Bench, you know, or, or any of the big red machine. I just, it was never about me. It was always about the team, you know, and, and, and when the team wins, you know, I, I say this to the guys that work for me at work, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to do anything about myself to make me look good because if they look good, then I look good. You know, a, a rising tide raises all ships and, and. Brandon, and, and I readily admit, and I've said this before, I've never been a huge Brandon Phillips fan. But I think a big part of that is because I, I, I don't like me guys. I don't like guys. I noticed this. This is something I noticed, and it's something that bothers me. He is always the last guy to take the field because he wants to come out there by himself. You watch when the Reds are – if you're at a ball game, you watch who's the last guy out of the dugout before, before the game starts. When the Reds all take the field, everybody's on the field. Brandon Phillips comes out last. To me, that's very telling. Well, that's true. You've never been much of a Phillips fan from the beginning. Uh, I wasn't either in the beginning, and then he won me over. And I, you know, I, I don't have. I still like Brandon Phillips. I love when he makes his uh, those incredible defensive plays, and um, he has has his merits as a ball player. Absolutely. Um, and uh, and for the. You know, for the most part, during his time in Cincinnati, I've been very happy to have him in the uh, in the Reds lineup. I agree. But, but uh, there's got to be some acknowledgement here. Uh, everyone, it seems, thinks he's the best hitter on the Reds this year. And and, and if you were going to judge who, one to twenty five on this team, Joey Votto, I think, is obviously the best player on this team. Where would you put Phillips? Well, it depends on how you uh, uh, you talk about who's the, the best the baseball the right best now. the best baseball players on if you if you had to list the value to the team from one to twenty five, what number is Brandon Phillips? I would say he's between three and the third, the fifth best player on this team. Uh, I don't even know if he'd be that high. I got uh, Votto, Bruce, and Chu ahead of him. I got Latos, Bailey. Um, he's somewhere. Yeah. I'd say so between. So you got him between five and ten. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I can I can name five just right off the top of my head that I think uh, are more valuable to this team. But you've got uh, people out here beating the drum for Brandon Phillips to win most valuable player in the entire National League. Yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> I want some of what they're smoking. It's completely insane. I I don't know how you could with a straight face make that unless you are, are just. Put your hands over your eyes and refuse to look at the evidence before you. Um, he's he is what he is. He's not the worst player on the team. No, he's probably not as deserving of all the criticism that we're giving him here. Uh, maybe um, maybe we're criticizing him more than he deserves. But uh, it it just sort of rubs me raw when he's considered to be the best player on this team and is really not even close. He. You know he's barely qualified to uh, take uh, Joey Votto's laundry uh, to the uh, to the laundromat and get it to you know all, all his uh, and run his errands for him. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> Joey Votto is on pace to become an all-time great, a Hall of Famer. Brandon Phillips has been a very nice second baseman. Probably will be a Reds Hall of Famer. Yep, uh, he's been a good player, and and, and I like him, and I, and I, I've grown to like the smile and the sort of the enthusiasm he shows. Um, but let's not pretend that because he has 97 RBIs, thanks to Joey Votto and Shinsu Chu getting on base every single time they come to the plate, or really every other time by the numbers just about, uh, 
Uh, let's not pretend that uh, Brandon Phillips is some some magical RBI machine because he's not. He's a you know he's a decent second baseman. When you include his defense, he's probably average or slightly above average um, among second basemen in the league. Uh, he's and, he's in, and this year he happens to be in the right place at the right time. But exactly. But exactly. but but uh, and you're right. We wouldn't be ragging on him. But I tell you what, we would not. We're ragging on. We wouldn't be. Con- talking about him this much if he hadn't put himself in that position this week with the thing with Rosecrans. Sure. It wouldn't have been as big an issue. You mentioned Votto, and we both, we all, we both love our big Joey Votto fans, but let me ask you this. In terms of a Joey Votto bar for a season, expectations, uh, what we've come to expect from Joey Votto, is he above or below that bar this season? Uh, I think he's probably slightly below, and I think he would acknowledge that. He, you know, he's been better the last couple years when uh, when not injured, um, but just very slightly. I mean, I can't complain about a guy putting up a 153 OPS plus. I think this uh, this may be the sort of the low. The, and maybe I'm being too optimistic here, but this may be the sort of the low bar for the next uh, two or three years. I I hope you're right, but two things trouble me. The drop in slugging percentage and the horrendous defense. And I mean, his defense this year has been atrocious. I agree 100%. The the number of balls, and we've always heard how hard he works on his defense, but Joey doesn't seem to want to field any balls in front of him anymore. Uh, Everything is off to the left and off to the right. He's like a a matador. Uh, and, And it makes some plays that really look incredible. But they look like they'd be pretty regular if he get his, if he get in front of them, uh, and and his and his his throwing has never been his strong suit to begin with, um, but his defense this year has been atrocious and his power concerns me, and also the strikeout percentage is is higher than I'm happy with, um, but you know this is you know these are these don't take anything away from the the greatness of Joey Votto, uh, I'm just saying you know. There's a Joey Votto scale, and then there's everybody else's scale, you know. And I'm telling you, in, in terms of Joey Votto's expectations, my guess, my guess is for Joey Votto, he pro- like you said, he probably isn't meeting his expectations this year. See, you're doing it here, Bill. You're going and you're criticizing the best player, just like the typical Cincinnati fan <laughs> running Joey Votto down. Uh, I, I don't care if you're uh, if you're correct. Um, his defense has been really bad this year, and, and you know we can debate whether or not he deserved that gold glove two seasons ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's been no one ever said he doesn't work hard on his defense, work hard on every part of his game. And and I don't know what to make of the fact that he hasn't. He's been legitimately bad this year. He, uh, well, I don't know that he's been bad overall, but he's not been as good as he's been in the past. And I've noticed the same thing that you noticed. He refuses to do what we teach you know, our eight-year-olds uh, out playing Little League to do, Get in front of the baseball, you know, square up in front of the ball. You're exactly right. He wants to put everything off to the side. And how many times have we seen a ball, uh, you know, seen a ball go right past him uh, like he was waving at it uh, like a matador? Or or the fact that if you feel the ball in front of you, if you don't immediately catch it, it hits you in the chest and you can still recover off of it. If it's off to your left or your right and it goes off your glove, it's going to bounce away from you. And so you can't make a play. You can't stay with it. But, you know, these are not huge issues. And and, and a little bit, you know, of defensive lack that we see from Votto at first base, he is a first baseman. So I'm not going to hammer on him. 
Let me ask you another. Let me jump on uh, away from Joey Votto for a minute. I think because I think we've kind of beat him to death at this point. Jay Bruce's OPS plus right now is 118. It was 119 last year. It was 118 the year before. Is Jay Bruce what Jay Bruce is going to be? I mean, is he finally reached the level that that's just what he's going to be? Do you think? I want to say no. Yeah, we all want to say no. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's still just 26. Yeah, I think that, I think there is still a window for him to take a somewhat significant step forward over the next couple of years. He's he's still young, but there's no sign of that happening. There's not. There's there's not. That that's why I say I want yeah. to say no. Yeah. Um, he's also he, in his sixth year in the big leagues, so you know how many guys in their seventh, eighth, ninth year make that that leap that you're talking about. Well, not a drastic one. Not, not very many make a drastic right. leap, I guess. Uh, and, and I still think that, I, and I hope that we'll see more improvement. I had really hoped that Votto's influence would uh, help change Bruce's approach a little bit, and maybe it has. Uh, I think uh, at times he tries to uh, to use the Joey Votto model uh, of approaching a plate appearance. I don't think we're seeing uh, the only the big change I see in Jay this year is I don't remember seeing the long droughts that we've seen in the past. But we also haven't seen the the two week, three week, oh my God, hot streaks. Right. So right. you know we're not seeing the lows, but I I haven't seen we haven't seen the highs either. Um, and, and 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 don't misunderstand. Uh, I'm not criticizing Jay Bruce. You know, a guy with a if he can finish with a you know a one eighteen, one nineteen, one twenty OPS plus for his career, he'll have nothing to be ashamed of. But you know we were hoping. For more, and and you know, after three years of fairly consistent numbers, looking at you know extrapolating out this year, I'm just wondering whether Jay is what you know Jay is what Jay is. He's really a sort of an enigma to me because each of the last three years, when we uh, preseason talked about uh, the Reds and are they going to be better this year? What's going to be better? What's going to be worse? Where will they improve? Every year. I think to myself, and, and I probably say it here on the podcast or on, on at Redleg Nation. One thing I think we can count on this year is that Jay Bruce is going to improve a little bit. He's at an age where players typically improve offensively on their numbers, and uh, you know he should up until age 27, 28 or so, he should be on a trajectory upwards. And I can't explain why we've not seen that. Now he's, I guess the uh, the flip side of the. Coin uh, as we saw with Joey Votto, Bruce's defense has been uh, after not being very good last year. Uh, it's been uh, back up to his standards, I guess, and been excellent. Well, even his a bad season. even a bad defensive year by Jay Bruce standards is pretty daggone good. True, absolutely. Uh, last year he was making some of those mental mistakes that we just hadn't seen before. And this year uh, he's been magnificent. Uh, love to see him win a Gold Glove. I think he deserves it. But at some point, we're going to have to decide Jay Bruce is what Jay Bruce is, and, and I'm, I'm fairly happy with what Jay Bruce is. Uh, I would be happier if he would take that step forward, make that improvement that everyone has been expecting at his age. And I don't know what explains why he's not been able to uh, really improve. Well, I wouldn't say he hasn't improved. I mean, but he has kind of leveled out. And everybody hits a, you know, a level spot in their career. And, you know, Bruce is, like I said, he's, you're right, he's only 26. But 
he's also his sixth year in the big leagues, and we may have seen, you know, Jay may be what Jay's going to be, and, and I hope not, like you said. I hope he continues to improve, and, you know, even if it's just incrementally every year, but uh, I have to wonder whether he is what he's going to be. You know, this is what we're going to get out of Jay Bruce, and, that's a, and it's a very good player. Um, but we were hoping for a great player. Uh, one thing I'm wondering is, why has Bruce's on-base percentages dipped the last two years over what they were in 2010 and 2011? Not a significant dip, but he's at 326, 327 these last couple of years. Um, and uh, before that, though, he was up in 340s and 350s. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a dip. Um, I wonder what's going on in his head. I wonder about his approach to the plate, how it's changed, if it's changed. Um, whether he's uh, trying to uh, drive in runs because that's what uh, everyone seems to care about in Cincinnati more than having a uh, uh, a good approach, uh, a la Joey Votto. I'd really love to get inside Jay Bruce's head and know uh, what he's thinking about how he's approaching his job. Um, he's as interesting as anyone in the league coming up so young and watching his progression or at times lack thereof and, and the, the, the slumps and the hot streaks. I, I, why can't he sustain one of those hot streaks for about six months? That's what I want to know. That's, that's the Jay Bruce I want to see. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can, and you're too young for this, but I can remember when Johnny Bench used to go on those tears where he'd be hitting, you know, six home runs in five games or whatever, and, and you'd go, boy, I wish he could hit like this all the time. But, you know, even Johnny Bench couldn't sustain those kinds of streaks, you know. Right. Somebody can sustain that type of streak there, uh, Ted Williams or, uh, you know, Inner Circle Hall of Famer, I guess. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm not convinced, you know, I never got to watch any of those guys up close. You know, those guys, like, you know, but, I mean, I saw Morgan, and, and the two years that Morgan had in 75 and 76 for the Reds, I've never seen anybody have a better, have two better seasons, offensively and defensively. And even he had cold streaks, you know. Um, and, I, and I don't watch Cabrera up in Detroit that closely. But I'm, I, you know, he's won a triple crown last year. He's, he's in, you know, he's, he's in the contention for it this year. And, and whether you want, to, I'm not getting into the Trout Cabrera argument. But that's Back a Trout. That, that 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 that's an incredible season, nevertheless. And I'm sure even he has droughts. Uh, and, and, and but you know, but he can, nobody can sustain those 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 hot streaks as as long as we'd like to see them, uh, or else you know, they wouldn't be human. So your position is that Jay Bruce is what he is, and this is just what we need to get used to? No, I, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it, it, it merits consideration. I, I hope not, because I don't want to. I don't want to put you know uh, a uh, uh, an epitaph on a guy's career at 26 that he's going to be a, a 120 OPS plus guy, you know, for his whole career. I, I want to see Jay in the in the 130, 140 OPS plus range at some point in his peak. But after three consecutive seasons, and, and like I said, extrapolating this year out, it's looking about the same as the last two, I think you have to start to, to make that, have that discussion. Well, I'm, I'm still going to say that I hope that we're going to see Jay Bruce uh, take that great leap forward, even if it's not as great as we had uh, once hoped over the next uh, couple of years, because he's, he's still a young guy. He still has that opportunity to, uh, you know, take a step forward. But he's certainly not been as good this year as he was, for example, in uh, 2010. And that's, 
know, he put up five wins above replacement back in 2010. He's just shy of three uh, right now with uh, a month left in the season, 32 games or something left in the season. Um, it's I really don't uh, really not sure why he is stagnated a little bit because it doesn't usually happen with players at his uh, at his age. He, he's gonna be interesting to watch over the next couple of years. Um, you 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 hear a lot of complaining about the Reds, and again, this goes back into the on base percentage argument. But the Reds' hitting approach and the coaching, and the Reds seemingly having two hitting coaches. And you wonder whether a change in coaching or philosophy might help him uh, improve his skills. Now, I'm not saying they would or wouldn't, um, but how much of how much can you improve at age 26 with the same philosophy being preached to you every year? Uh, you know, and maybe there's skills that he's not grasping. I, I'm not. I'm not putting this on. On Jacoby or Baker, uh, I'm not putting it on Jay Bruce. I'm not putting it anywhere, but I'm just throwing ideas out that if we want to see him continue to expand his his knowledge or his abilities, do they need to bring somebody else in to work with him? I I, I don't know the answer, um, but I'm like you. I hope that that if there is a, an untapped uh, part of Jay Bruce's skill set that isn't being used, I hope we find a way to get to it. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me, I agree. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his numbers now, and I've never really spent much time staring at his numbers. And he had that great year in 2010. Um, and of course, fielding metrics are, uh, you know, we're wary of them always, but they were off the charts that year as well in terms of being good. This year, or the last three years, he's basically been the same player. And we're talking at age uh, 24, 25, and 26. Um, that's really strange. That merits maybe a closer examination. That's somebody's not to look into that and write write about that. I guess I'm volunteering myself. Um, well, anyway, he is what he is, and he's still uh, contributing. He's still one of the uh, better players on this team, uh, and, and he's not the reason why the Reds are. Uh, maybe, or maybe he's part of the reason, but he's not the, the biggest reason why the Reds are not delivering on some of those expectations. <laughs>